0: North Place, it's so good to be with you today and just be able to share from the Word with you. The last couple of weeks have been incredibly challenging. In fact, we've been talking about it as a community, not just the last couple of weeks, the last year and a half has been incredibly challenging. I don't know what all your emotions have been over the last couple of weeks, but I know for me, I know for my family, it has been um, just an unbelievable time. Um, as a man, as a husband, as a father, during seasons like this, you want to do everything that you can to project strength and to make sure that your family feels comfortable. But wow, over the last couple of weeks, it's been it's been hard. It's been difficult. When things like this happen, oftentimes it triggers inside of you experiences that you've had in the past. Ten years ago my family and I had uh, just moved to Africa. We'd only been here about three weeks. We were living in another country at that time. And um, I'll never forget, my wife had got up to uh, feed one of our one of our, our children. There was a baby. She was a baby at that time. And uh, all of a sudden, I hear her voice ring out in the middle of the night. And out our window um, of our kitchen, she saw someone prowling around the house. And When she called out to me, I ran from the bedroom and I remember going out and opening the door and shouting at the person, uh, trusting that it would cause them to run off. And um, as we settled back into bed a little while later, um, I remember just sitting in the bed and seeing the window just out the end of my bed and seeing that same person prowling around the house again. I remember the emotions and the feelings, and I remember getting up and running to the window and shouting. And for three nights, that just happened consistently until the third night um, that they came into the house. And I remember running from my bedroom, chasing them out of the house for a week. I didn't sleep for a week. Every night when the sun would go down, I would set a chair at the end of the hall. And I found a stick and I would just just sit there with that stick um, all night long from the time the sun went down. Until the sun came up. Probably one of the most traumatic, challenging weeks of my life. I felt so helpless. I felt um, so violated. As a father, as a husband, I, I didn't know what I was gonna do, how I was gonna protect my family. Really wasn't sure, confident that I could protect my family. This last couple of weeks, as things began to unfold here in Durban, those same feelings, those same emotions just came back again. Setting up all night long, wondering what was going to happen, how I was going to protect my family. In moments like that, when you feel so weak and so vulnerable, I don't know about you, but for me it's easy to say, Where, where's God in this? It's easy to say, God, get me out of this situation. We live not too far from the Virginia airport here in Durban, this little, little airport. And as the week began to unfold, I, I would watch as helicopters would come in and go out and little planes would come in and go out. And I remember several times thinking, wow, how nice would it be um, to be able to get on one of those planes, get on one of those helicopters and just get out of this situation. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes about something we learned from Scripture that sometimes is is hard for us to understand. When we go through difficulty, when we go through trial, when we go through situations that challenge us, oftentimes what we want is escape. That's natural. In fact, we've talked about it before. Our brains are wired for fight or flight. Our brains are wired to either fight back and protect ourselves or to run and hide and in these moments and in these situations where we feel vulnerable, sometimes it's so hard when escape is not possible. I want us to look today in the book of Second Corinthians. Actually, it's a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and he writes this letter to this church that was certainly going through difficulties and trouble and trial, and, and uh, everything wasn't going well. In fact, Uh, They had all this stuff going on in the church, and and as much as Paul had sacrificed, and as much as he had ministered to this church, and as much as he had given, there was even threat of people who didn't want to receive what he had to say, and were challenging his validity as an apostle, and if he had any authority or not. As you read the letter, or the book, 2 Corinthians, you see Paul taking the church through some practical teaching, as these were certainly people who were dealing with troubles and trials and situations and then and then, as you come to the latter part of the book, Paul begins to talk about himself. He begins to talk about his own apostleship. as you look in second Corinthians, as it begins to unfold, Paul starts talking about his role as an apostle and those who were threatening him, and he was talking about how people didn't necessarily want to receive what he had to say and were questioning his authority and he gets into this really interesting part of the book in the, in the end, and he starts talking about his own apostleship, his own identity, his own, his own process as a child of God. And there were people who were saying, uh, you know what, we shouldn't listen to Paul. We should reject him because he's not, he's not as good as the other apostles, or he hasn't done this, or he hasn't done that. And Paul goes into this sort of part of the book where he starts to defend himself. And it's interesting when you read in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul, illustrates for the people he was writing to exactly what he had gone through. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24, he starts to describe to them exactly what he had gone through. He said, five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. In other words, 39 times he had been whipped across his back. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers dangers and from bandits in danger from my own countrymen in danger from Gentiles in danger in the city in danger in the country in danger at sea and in danger from false brothers I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food I have been cold and naked besides everything else I face daily pressure of my concern for all the churches Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? Paul described for the church of Corinth exactly what he had gone through. He described for them all the times that he had been under threat, under pressure, all the times that he had suffered and been in pain. You know, as we think about the last week, some of us have been in situations where right outside our house we could hear the gunshots right outside our house. We could hear the explosions. Some of us have been in situations where right down the street we live on or maybe even our own house or our own place of work has been attacked. Most of us who are watching this today can relate in some way some of the things that Paul is saying. Feeling under threat. Feeling attacked. Not wonder, wondering, am I going to make it through the day? Am I going to wake it through... This night, But as Paul talks about this, it's fascinating to me that he talks about these times in which God has delivered him out of a situation. But he also talks about how God took him through a situation. I think oftentimes, as, as, as I said, you're watching the helicopters flying in and out or the planes come and land and you're thinking, man, God, just get me out of this situation deliver me from this situation sometimes we think deliverance the only deliverance is getting out when in fact oftentimes god's way his what he's doing in our life is not necessarily to get us out but to get us through paul goes on to talk in second corinthians to the church there who some are comparing him to these other apostles and undoubtedly are saying, well, he's really not an apostle. He's really not a man of God because if he was, he would be demonstrating all this great power. He wouldn't be going through this suffering. And he, and he makes this statement in Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 10 that I want to read to you. He says this. He said, even if I choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted or what I do or say. Or because of these surpassingly great revelations. In other words, he's just said, let me tell you about this revelation that God gave me. As people are questioning whether God is really with him whether he's really an apostle, whether he's really a child of God, because he's having to go through all of the suffering, he wants to clarify for them. He says this, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulty. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Friend, I I just wanted to share with you today, certainly the testimony of Scripture is that our God is a God who delivers us, but His deliverance doesn't always look like taking us out of a situation. In fact, the testimony of Scripture over and over and over again is that there are times in which God takes us out of a situation, but often our God, who is a God that can take us out, is also a God who takes us through. As people were questioning the validity of Paul's faith. Of Paul's power as a believer and as an apostle. He wanted to make it clear to them the same God who delivered me. And if you read 2 Corinthians, you'll know that there was a time in which Paul was under threat and an entire city was trying to arrest him and they put him in a basket and they laid him, uh, they lowered him down a wall so that he could be delivered. The same God that delivered him out of a situation, Paul says, is a God who takes me through a situation. He described a very personal thing he said look there's a a messenger from satan that that came to torment me he said three times i i prayed and 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 as i prayed three times for deliverance god's response and his answer wasn't to take me out of the situation but instead he said god said to me my grace is sufficient for you Now that expression, I prayed three times, most scholars would tell you, doesn't literally mean that he only prayed prayed three times. What it meant was that he prayed over and over and over again. And God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. As we've been going through this last couple of weeks here in Durban, What God has brought back to me over and over again as I've prayed for you. And I've sent you WhatsApp messages. You've heard me praying for you. You've heard me praying over this city. What God has responded to me over and over and over again is, Randy, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for North Place. My grace is sufficient for this city. I am going to show my power in your weakness. You may say, Pastor, you don't, you don't understand. You don't understand what I've, I've gone through. I've been hungry this week. My, my family's run out of food. You may say, Pastor, you don't understand. They were right outside my door. They came in my gate. You may say, Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. Friend, I don't know what you've been through. As I've prayed for you over the last two weeks, I've been praying, God, guard our hearts God, protect our hearts and our minds and our spirits from the drama and from the trauma of this moment. And what I keep hearing the Lord say to me over and over and over again is my grace is sufficient for you. Some of you moms and dads who are watching right now, you've been concerned about your kids. You've been praying for your kids. What are they going to think? What are they going to feel? Are they going to be scared? Are they going to be scarred for life? I know for Desiree and I, in our hearts, one of our biggest concerns through all of this is what's going to happen to our kids? How are they going to feel? How are they going to think? Are they going to be able to sleep at night? When they hear explosions right outside their house. When They hear gunshots. What is that going to do to their heart? What is it going to do to their mind? What is it going to do to their psychological makeup? I believe God's word to us is, my grace Is sufficient for them. I don't really know how to explain it to you. I don't know how to make it plain or make it clear. But I do know this. God made a promise to his people that he is a God who is with us. He is a God who is with us when he takes us out of a situation and he is a God who is with us when he takes us through a situation. And here's what's so powerful. As God is taking us through a situation, he says this, my power is made perfect in weakness. There were those who stood in opposition to Paul There were those that he had sacrificed for, that he had loved, that he had served, that he had given to, who had turned their back on him, who were accusing him, who were the very ones who were trying to hurt him. And Paul says in all of this, God's grace is sufficient and not only is his grace sufficient, but his power is made perfect. Friend, I don't know what it's going to look like for you on the other side of this. I don't know if your business was destroyed or your job was lost or your home was damaged. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I I do know this. God's promise for us is that he is with us. That power was so complete in Paul's life that he said this. He said, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness. Imagine that. Imagine the capacity to delight in that moment when you feel like there's no control, when you feel like there's nothing I can do to change my circumstance or my situation. He said, I delight in insults, in hardship, when those very people that you've been trying to serve are the ones who are hurting you, are the ones who are burning your business down, are the ones who are turning their back on you. It's easy to become hard-hearted. It's easy to become cold. It's easy to disconnect yourself. And yet Paul says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to delight in in insults. I'm going to delight in hardship. I'm going to delight in persecution. I'm going to delight in difficulties because this is what I know. When I am weak, then I am made strong. I'm made strong because my strength doesn't come from my own ability pull myself up by my bootstraps. It doesn't come from my own ability to keep myself or my family safe. My strength comes from a God who is with me. He's with me when He takes me out of the storm and He's with me when He takes me through the storm. Ten years ago, for a week, every night, I stayed up all night long with a little stick, thinking how am I going to protect my family this last week as I stayed up all night long same thoughts those same feelings those same emotions came flooding back but in that moment what I kept hearing the Lord say was Randy my grace is sufficient and in your weakness I'm going to be glorified in your weakness I'm going to show you my power I'm going to show you my faithfulness felt like the lord was saying to me, "Randy, guard your heart, guard your mind. Don't let the enemy lie to you." I want to say to you today, North Place Church, guard your heart, guard your mind. Don't let the enemy lie to you. The same God who took you out of the storm is going to take you through this storm. Today, may we boast not of our own might, not of our own power, but may we boast in the Lord. He is a God who has brought us through. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. I thank you for your strength. I thank you for the courage that you give us. God, it was the courage and the strength that you give us that has allowed us to respond with grace and peace, even in the middle of insults, even in the middle of a storm, even in the middle of hardship. God, it is your strength that allowed us as a community here in Durban to stand up and lock arms with one another and to guard our neighborhoods and to protect one another and to share with one another. It's because of your strength, it's because of your power that we entered into a season of generosity and we emptied our cupboards to share with one another and to love on one another. God, I pray that you be glorified during this season. "...that the enemy not receive any glory." but that You be glorified, that Your power be demonstrated in us as we love one another. The enemy of our soul wants us to hate one another. The enemy of our soul wants us to turn on one another. The enemy of our soul wants us to attack one another. But God, You've called us to a better way. You've called us to love one another. You've called us to end racism. You've called us to end jealousy. You've called us to end rage. You've called us to stand for one another. Lord, I pray for us as a community right now. Give us great strength even in our weakness. Even when the enemy attacks. Even when the enemy comes against us. Lord, I pray may your grace rise up within us. May your power rise up within us. May there be greater generosity in the city of Durban than ever before. May there be greater love in the city of Durban than ever before. May there be greater capacity to serve one another, to lock arms with our brothers and our sisters who may be different than us. May there be greater capacity for sharing than ever before. God, may we rise from the ashes and may we demonstrate your glory, not in our strength, but in your power, because your grace is sufficient. God, for those who are dealing emotionally or spiritually or even physically with the ramifications of the last couple of weeks, Lord, I pray for healing right now in Jesus' name. For those who have been having trouble sleeping at night. Lord, I pray for precious sweet sleep in the name of Jesus. For those who have been on edge and, and having a hard time getting their nerves to calm down. And those that have been feeling anxious. Lord, I pray for sweet release in Jesus' name. For peace to just rest upon them. God, as we place our trust and our confidence in you. We thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. We thank you for all that you're going to continue to do. In our weakness, you're going to demonstrate the perfection of your power. Lord, we declare it and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. As I've been speaking today, you're probably hearing the construction noise go on. Here at our facility, we're moving on. Even in our weakness, God is demonstrating his power and his strength. He's bringing resources to us to allow us to keep moving forward, to not just share with our neighbors and bless our neighbors, but to keep moving forward in what he's called us to as North Place Church. This promise that we see demonstrated in the life of Paul is true in your life and my life today. Together, North Place Church, we're going to see him show and demonstrate his power. Can't wait to see you again. God bless you. Have a great week in the Lord.